Da 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 da. Dun dun dun. Everyone is a horrible asshole and needs to repent. Is that including you? <laughs> I don't know. I go back and oh. forth about it. Oh, Luke, you've only cussed out my friends. He's my friend too, and he was being a dick. <laughs> he was like a, a third party who does not know you at all. Was like, who knows him was like, oh my god, who is this psychopath? <laughs> never heard of catching foxes. Completely not even Catholic. They were like, wow, Joey, some psychopath was yelling at you today. Oh, that's great. Yeah, third party I, observer. I actually uh, don't see that. I'm so pissed off now. Um, I don't even want to talk about it. To be honest with you. But well, why don't we? I, ta- I know we why don't we to. just? You don't want to talk about anything in in that regard? No, no, I don't want to say a freaking thing about it. But I know we have to. So can I can I ask you? Is this because of all the Twitter fights you're getting in? Or no? Arguments? I'm off Twitter. No, it's it's it is a lot of things. It's like, um, okay, so why did I get like pissed off at Joey? There was like a thousand. Like, so you have a thousand people come. I've I've, I've never experienced anything quite like. And listen, I know. I'm just going to talk about my experience. If you want to, if you don't want to hear about my experience, turn it off. I don't give a shit. Don't listen. I don't care. <laughs> I think hey, you're I, more amped up than you need to be. <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Um, I've never had that many people respond to a thing that I've been saying on both ends. And so it was kind of like having just like everyone, like try to imagine every like, Two minutes versus like, what about this? What about that? What about that? What about the video? How about this? How about that? Uh-huh. You're wrong. You're terrible. Have you changed your mind yet? Every two minutes. It, like if that, it was like that. And so when I got the thing from Joey, I was like, I know you. So I was like, fuck off, Joey. I don't care. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I'm like disgusted by everyone. I'm truly, I've never been more disgusted to like be a part of anything in my life than I was this past week really harsh i think i was just kind of like what is happening this is like okay so i was approaching it from two angles one was i was just like approaching what the covington um, catholic yeah so let's like let's let's start off with like on saturday when it like when it happened and everyone saw it and it was like oh my gosh this thing happened this is horrible i was like this is everything i hate about the make america great again crowd like this I, i i hate this this confirms the narrative. They're a bunch of privileged white kids no, mocking an indigenous dude and just throwing their weight around. And not necessarily more like not. I mean, sure. If, if you want to. I mean, like, that's the thing is I'm like automatically putting the camp of people who like don't like white people or don't or don't like whiteness or trying to like tear down whiteness. And that's not really what I, that's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going at. My issue is the is um, false idols. And I feel like. The whole like MAGA stuff, or however you want to put it, is a false idol. Like I think you can make so, and it really gets under my skin a lot. And because I think it, there's a for a whole, for a whole lot of reasons. We can we've talked about that before. We can talk. We can talk about it at some point in time. So my issue wasn't like I even said like, listen, kids are assholes. So let's like just confirm that. Like like. Teenage kids do stupid things. It's in their DNA. 
it's part of their development actually <laughs> is to do dumb stuff. So it wasn't, it was more just like, this is what an idol like looks like in my mind. And I, and, and that's where I was going with it. Was that like church militant, the whole McCarrick crowd and like all these MAGA people, we're all the same. We all have our false, our, our false idols. We all have tower of Babels that we have, that we have built like, you know, um, we need to repent. And this is how, like, to me, it was like, what a false idol, like what it looks like. And then I wrote a tweet and this is probably the one that I do actually regret. Did you write it under your own name or under catching foxes? No, no, I almost didn't say this, this was all under my own name for the most part. I did do one thing under the catching fox stuff, but it was more under, I just wanted to share what was, cause like, I don't think people probably don't know how close I am to Covington Catholic. And I, I don't have a direct relationship with the school. I have a lot of indirect relationships with the school. And so someone had tweeted like what was kind of going on, how the principal had been, had been threatened. His kids were in hiding. I mean, it was, it's, it's been really bad here. I don't know if people were like, yeah. it's been really, really bad. Like it's like 10 minutes from you, right? Yeah. So Aaron used to teach it. Uh, sorry. used to work in the development office over at Covington Latin. And, um, she, uh, and so she ha- she ha- has some contacts there, obviously, and they were saying how they had to actually close the Facebook page down because too many people are getting confused with Cove Catholic. Sorry, yeah. Covington Catholic. We call it Cove Catholic. Well, I mean, it's called Cove Catholic here pretty often. And um, they actually had to close school on Tuesday due to, like, they had, like, threats against the school, Covington Latin. I, I believe. I believe. I know that Covington Catholic did. So... um. And so I, I on the catching foxes thing, I retweeted points I thought were pretty like good and profound on both days. Like so, yet like day one, this is on Saturday when it all went down. Then you like have like the great like retribution or whatever on Sunday. And so I retweeted things on both days that I thought were really good points on the catching foxes page. And one of them was about like this, like how like all of the threats and stuff and all those things. I was like, like this is awful. Like this is really bad. People, I mean, to know like this is happening. So that's what I put there. Most of like my little pontificating, if you will, was on the catching foxes page. So the probably what I regret now in hindsight is I did send a tweet because me and Aaron started to talk about, this is just like what we do. Cause we both work in non, we both work at like nonprofits and stuff as we started to go. So how do you handle this? Like if you're the school and this has happened and we, and we weren't trying to like, this is all like almost like a hypothetical, if that makes sense. Just like almost like, so here's an, okay. So like, like pop quiz, hot shot kind of a thing. Like this has happened at your school how do like how do like, you respond? And one thing that I brought up was, well, the kid has to be expelled. That's the first. Now, I know it's we're just saying like at the point in time, let's assume that it was really bad and whatever. And then we kind of like I went through then like like so like what do you do and blah blah blah. And so I so I like had to make dinner, and I started to like think more about it. I'm like man, people are going to go after this kid. And so I put out a tweet. That said, like, look, this kid should be expelled, but no one should, like, know his name, where, where like, he lives, where he might be going to college at. He's just a kid. You need to leave him alone. He is just a kid. So, let me, I'm trying to think still. 
And there was so like then the next day was when like the kind of great like disruption happened. And that's when I got pissed off at uh, <laughs> Joey. And I did, I did like apologize, but this is why I take issue with a person who said that I'm a fucking like psychopath. Like I have issues with that because I didn't tweet at anyone. I didn't argue with anyone. I didn't try to like instigate anything. And I was getting tons of stuff from other like people. And you can't just start like screaming and trying to like argue with the person online who's, and listen, like, I probably like, and, and I even like apologize to him, but I don't think it's fair to expect to, to expect like a human being who's getting literally like things every like nine every like 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 uh, like a minute and a half, someone trying to pick a fight with you. Are you talking about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not kidding. There was a period of time where for about a salt a minute and a half, I was getting. Reply after reply, for the most part, from people I did not know who are trying to like argue with me about it, and people I did who I was just like, Why are you doing this? <laughs> like, what are you like? I was really, and I don't want to like name any, like, I'm still kind of, I'm actually, this is like, this is what was so like, and and again, this is just my experience of it because I don't want to talk about the rest of it because it's just been talked about to death. So, that's why when he finally sent the thing about like video, I was just like, shut the hell up. I don't want to talk with, about this with you any, anymore. Like it was just weird. It was really, really weird. Does that make sense? It, uh, well, of course it makes sense. I mean, I received a lot of fun via, <laughs> you know, going on a pornography podcast and defending game of Thrones. <laughs> I received a wave of devout Roman Catholic backlash and conservative backlash and all that stuff. Um, I mean, you entered into what was and still is. I mean, you waded into an issue where Kathy Griffin calls for this kid's like basically his death. And just by being a part of those tweets, you entered into the maelstrom. So that people who didn't know you, you're getting caught up in the trending topic. And, you know, let's just say someone like Joey does. This is the problem with social media has no idea that every 30 seconds or every minute and a half for two hours or all day, you're getting people who don't know trying to argue with you. He's just coming at it from this perspective of, well, did you see the full video? And you're already overwhelmed, but he's just whelmed. And so you're like, he's trying him to convince it in you. a really polite way. Well, have you seen like this or this? It, I mean, that's that was not the tone of his tweet. Well, OK, fair. I didn't actually I only read some of it. But the the reality is this was such a charged issue that to speak about it. And I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, Joey was an angel or you were an angel or whatever. What I'm saying is this was such a charged issue. Everyone is immediately taking sides. And to those who took sides immediately and then when the additional footage came out showing almost, I mean, see, here's the problem. It was almost a completely different story when you watch the two-hour black Hebrew Israelite version of the video as opposed to the 15 seconds from this video, the two minutes from that video, the 30 minutes from that, or the 13 minutes from that video. 
when you step back and you saw or you heard read analysis of the video, like there was this guy, he's like, I'm a liberal Democrat. I hate pro-lifers. I think the Republican party is evil for being a pro-life party. But let me tell you what didn't happen. And he's like, and I have totally switched my mind on this whole thing after watching the two hour footage. And you should too. The real enemy is the black Hebrew, uh, Israelite group. They're insane. And the indigenous thing had nothing to do with anything. And, when this guy wrote it, he literally wrote about a minute by minute, not minute by minute, but like anytime something major happened, he wrote a little description. So you wouldn't actually have to go watch the video yourself. And he's like, I owe an apology to kid to these kids. And most of you do too. And when I saw a, so much of the reaction is to like, people are hungry to demonize. And if you appear to take sides specifically, like you appeared to do, Right by saying like let's expel this kid, blah blah blah. You might have saying that in a very reasoned tone. Like if I were a principal and this kid did some racist shit like that out in public while representing my school at a march for life, yes, I would have expelled that kid. And what do you mean? As additional information, as additional information comes out, you know, you have every right to. As a principal, I would assume you would say. Okay, well, now I heard, like, you wouldn't just expel him because you watched the news. You would take in his side of the story. You oh, would, yeah. Oh, right. Totally, this is not totally. a knee-jerk thing. But the problem is. trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem, right. You're, I mean, you're a principal. You wouldn't take lightly these kids think because of a PR move. But the reality is this kid needs to buy a copy of the book so you've been shamed by the internet. And you probably should pick it up, too. <laughs> because that's exactly what happens in these issues. So I, to, uh, you know, I have joy in my life because I don't go on Twitter that often. But this, sorry. No, you, you, you talk. Ahead. You talk. Because, okay, so can we just, I, I like legitimately do not want to talk about like what happened. Like, like, and I'm, I am genuinely sickened of it, of the actual like event in and of itself. I'd rather talk about everyone's reaction. If that makes, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, my my biggest thing. So I wrote like, like a, say what you want to say because I I don't want to. I have nothing else to say about it specifically besides. Okay, that's the fine. Reaction. Now, I'm coming from it having not watched any of the video, having not watched any of the Twitter flame war, having heard about it second and third hand. So that means I have peace in my heart because I'm not embroiled in this. So then I go onto Twitter and I stream. Now I follow Audrey Assad. I like Audrey Assad. I like her music. Audrey Assad uh, is is rapidly becoming adopting a lot of the liberal progressive stuff, but especially in those areas where I sympathize. I don't want refugees kicked out of this country. I don't want a wall between the U.S. and Mexico, but I do want better border enforcement. I do want people protected. I don't want children separated from their parents when they're detained at the border. There's a lot of things that is not for me, straight ticket, left, right, conservative, liberal, Republican, or Democrat. I believe every nation on the face of the earth has a right to police and patrol its own borders. You know why? Because every nation on the face of the earth does that. Every nation since the beginning of time has always done that. Okay, so when it comes to immigration, I'm for a massive reform of the uh, immigration system and all that stuff. So when I read Audrey Assad's tweets, I am very sympathetic because I can agree with a lot of them. Not all of them, but that's okay. I still like her. I still respect her. And then she wrote a tweet that basically said, and this bothered me. She's like, I suffered through all the other videos and I watched them all and I still have to come to the conclusion. Okay, fine. Okay, and I'm just doing this from memory, so I apologize. Okay, fine, the black Israelites or whatever said some rude things. 
but that's not the issue. Generally, white people are terrible to Native Americans. And then it, it, it was the way that it was spoken that really began to bother me in our culture. Because the reason why the Kathy, Kathy Griffins of the world and all of these liberal progressives out there responded with such hate towards this boy or his school or MAGA, right, is because they are trying to prove how righteous they are, right? And so they don't even – they don't care about the truth of what happened. What happened was a bunch of high school students – and at a protest rally, you always have, whenever you have a huge rally, especially over pro-life, have you ever been at a pro-life rally? Yes, we we went to one in 2001. Together. Well, I, I don't mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, wait, you were there on the you. bus? You were there with Thomas Tank? Um, <laughs> no, that was just all these buses. But our, um, <laughs> we were all on the same bus. I have a picture of us. Wait, Drizaldi was on our bus? Yes. God, I, I, fall, I a, must no. You know what it was? I slept through the entire thing of the bus not working. Remember? Do you remember that Thomas Tang praying over the bus? No, that that okay. So you're getting that confused. We weren't there when that happened. That was just no, a story so it was that the we other heard. bus and Drizaldi just told us about it because yeah, was that was the story. No, that's what like happens to memory before. That's what happens to memory people. <laughs> you literally were inserting yourself into a story you heard from a time <laughs> when you weren't there. <laughs> Oh, my memory. It is not elastic. Um, but so the, the whole thing is, right, people want, I think especially, you know, white middle class people, white bourgeois people want to assert their clean hands when it comes to racism by saying, see how much I hate racists and I hate Trump. No one hates Trump more than white liberals. Okay. No one hates Trump more. No one has reason to hate Trump more than probably Mexicans. I think Mexicans have the reason more than anyone else because he has demonized them. Now, I'm sure he would qualify it and say, I'm not demonizing the whole people. They're beautiful people. They're freaking huge in beauty. But he said many horrible things during the thing, and he wants to build a wall and all that shit. So I'm, not, I'm qualifying this by saying I think the vitriol is so peak because white people are desperately trying to prove, one, they're not racist, or two, you're calling me a racist. The real racists are those assholes, and I'm going to burn everything to the ground with my hat on, right? And it's both sides. There isn't, I, I agree with you 100%. There's idols on all sides. So when I took to it, I was so pissed off that Audrey Assad said, and she, and she did qualify. I was going to, I was literally, I had like five tweets ready to fire off to her directly because I don't, I don't know where we interviewed her once, whatever. <laughs> but I reread her statement and I was like, okay, she did qualify. She said generally a general white attitude towards Native Americans. And so I took a deep breath and said, okay, I'm deleting this because nothing good is going to come of this. But what I'm going to do instead is write about 500 words in a series of tweets <laughs> and point out this stuff that at the narrative, at the very heart of the narrative of the liberal progressive critique of this kid and conservative mag uh, it shouldn't call it conservative trump can bat you know trump loving bashing the 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 other people is this uh, what i would say yeah you're right is this heart of idolatry right or this this competing narrative and people are warring over this crap and they don't even understand that the native american and this guy nathan phillips this elder of the omaha people right He's he's uh, he's an old hippie protester. Like that's what he does. He he lives in D.C. or he does this stuff in D.C. all the time. He is not new to these kind of protests, right? 
And he, if you actually watch the longer foot, he just walked into the middle of it <laughs> and then got involved in it and then walked out. It was almost inconsequential, but it became all about that because of some of the stupid ass shits that the teenagers were doing. But the, um, the thing that I want to bring back is the, the vitriol. Why did it get so insane so quickly? And I, this is the thing that I have a problem with. Like, I have real reasons that I feel Trump is a terrible, terrible president. But just like with Obama and the right, there is so much manufactured reason for hating him that when the media is exposed for doing the manufactured reasons, they don't recant. They just say, yeah, but he's a really bad guy, so it's okay that we did this. And that's the reason why I like that Medium post that um, Ian had sent us, uh, Catching Foxes fan of the show, Ian Luden. He sent us, and he said, like, look at this guy. It's, a, it's for, on Medium, you know, because they don't let you have your own brand, so you got Medium slash whatever. And his whole post was, as a liberal Democrat, like, we need to say we're sorry because we totally misjudged the situation. And that was my whole thing is, like, let's identify why it got crazy because it was a lie that the media captured, took out a 15-second snippet, and it was shared millions of times that had 50,000 comments within, like, the first, like, three hours. And it's because we're constantly looking for the aha, see, I told you, they really are all racist. I mean, Merlin Mann, who's a guy that we both love, mm -hmm. he has this other show. I can't even remember what the name of the show is, where him and two others, a man and a woman, are just, they just talk about their politics and oh, dump on yeah, Trump. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I discovered it the other day, and I hadn't heard it, so I listened to two episodes that I thought were funny. And he said, he said, the Republican Party has always been a racist party. But now that Trump is in power, they're finally allowed to be publicly racist. And that's what they've always wanted to be in that. And, and I'm like, what the hell? Like this, where the hell do you get off saying stuff like that? Now, let's not deny there's been plenty of racism. And what mm -hmm. do I mean by racism within the Republican Party? I mean, redistricting. Like, I don't, th I do not understand how people let redistricting occur within that election year. I think it should be a, uh, uh, a flat policy. If you're going to up your wages or you're going to redistrict voting precincts, that has to count not for the next election, but for the one after. Like you can't uh, like to, to have Congress vote on their own salaries for that sitting Congress. That's insane. No, it has to be for the people. You might not be incumbent next time, you know, whatever, but they redistrict lines so that it'll say like in, in Texas, Texas is horrible. We're not honest as conservatives who control the House and the you know Senate or whatever. We literally redistrict so that Republicans can maintain power as more uh, Hispanics enter in and vote, and they vote Democrat. So they just redistrict to kind of offset that. So there'll be literally a street that's like a mile into a completely different precinct that's considered belonging to this other precinct. Why? Because those are mostly white voters. Like, how do you do that? That's racist. That's horrible. That's institutional racism. That's awful. We should decry that. That's unjust. That's stupid. And when I heard these guys say that, I, I like lost my damn mind. And I'm no longer a Republican, but shit, man. I don't want to be. I, see, I just think this is all it's ignorance on top of ignorance. And it's just we're blindly yelling at each other. So I'm going to stop talking. Luke, this is so crazy. Can I tell you something crazy? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Hit okay, me so we have gotten prob 
we, we have probably gotten about 20 people who have told us that they've started Catholic yes. match profiles because of our show. And they've added the thing to the, they've given a screenshot saying catching foxes made me do it. Now, the reason why I love this is because listener of the show, uh, Josh Applegate, who's a friend of ours who actually took photos of disgruntled nuns during our live podcast. At tweet, at, uh, <laughs> Those poor see, ladies. I said a tweak. Those poor ladies. <laughs> Why yeah, would they put that there? Why? <laughs> <laughs> but they, uh, he said that he will come if if the if there a couple really gets married because of the catching foxes thing on Catholic Match. Not only will we MC it for free, but if the couple pays for his for his uh, transportation and hotel, he will shoot the wedding for free. He's a professional photographer. He and is an actually, incredible photographer. In fact, oh, if you've ever been on good. the website uns, Unsplash where you get free photographs. His are all the Catholic ones and they're amazing. Good for him. Yeah. And then we had another listener who said, I'll bartend for free. Yeah. (laughs) So basically we just saved you guys like $15,000. You're welcome. You're welcome, America. Yeah. I don't know if someone wants us to actually MC it. I think there might be too many dick jokes oh, for the in-laws. No, 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 but no. I want to MC this this wedding. <laughs> A catching fox's wedding. So, I want to MC the mass. I want to MC the reception. <laughs> I want to MC uh, the rehearsal dinner. I want to MC grandma's table. <laughs> so anyways, uh, you guys have all heard of Catholic Match before. Uh, let's be honest here. If you aren't, if you aren't on dating anyone and you feel your call to be married and you are not on there, here is your sign. Pursue that old, that, uh, like, um, old vocation, go to, go to uh, catholicmatch.com, create your profile right now, catholicmatch.com. Anything that you want to add? Yeah. One of our friends said, oh my gosh, that was a lot easier than I thought it would be. So yes, it is. So let's do it today. Catholicmatch.com. Hashtag catching foxes made me do it. There you go. Put that in your bio. Thank you to I'm a Catholic Match for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. Can I tell you like what really bothers me? And this is like what and this is what yeah. I, I want to talk more about the reaction. So I'm not saying that I'm a saint. Nor am I saying that I said things that I regret, but I'm not going to publicly apologize because of comments like this make me not feel sorry. So I put a thing up on the Patreon page, and I love all of our all of our Patreon uh, uh, listeners. And this guy, I've had some, I've had some, I've had like some disagreements with with him in the past, and we seem to get along pretty well. But the, like this drives me insane. So I had a post where I said, fun fact, Covington Catholic was on a uh, short list of schools that I thought about I'm working at someday, which is absolutely true. Right. I think they may have even had a principal opening like a year or two ago. And I like, and like, I thought about applying like, so, and then this guy responds with, are you still in the, in all caps, these kids should be expelled for being terrible, for being terrible human beings mode. And what bothers me about that is that's not what I said. And I don't understand the tw- the tweet that I put out there again. This is before before the other stuff came out, and I was kind of under the assumption like, oh man, this is bad. Me and Aaron had just kind of like talked about like, what would you do? Kind of assuming it's all true, like you know, 
Yeah, if and these I, kids singled out an indigenous dude and just walked up and started exactly, beating a yeah. drum and mocking his culture. Yeah. And they're and wearing we were, MAGA hats and they're like, oh, get it, go, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like, we went into like action plans and like, how does does the board respond? How do you respond to like your, you know, yeah. and all this different stuff. And, yeah. and my, and a tweet that I put out, and this is what bothers me, is yeah. the second half said, do not go after this kid. Like, do not, mm-hmm. like, don't find out his name. Don't find out where he lives. He's just a kid. Leave the kid be. Like let leave the kid be. And this and like after then like this guy just decides to scream at me. And I yeah. Now I, I never once might, said these kids are sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it might be sarcastic. It might be dead serious. But you don't know that, right? So and he might be saying on our this. Patreon page. I know exactly what you're talking about. But he might be saying. Are you are you really in this? All kid, this kid must be expelled. Blah blah blah. Or you know, because I think a lot of people who have that knee jerk reaction, like I did, like, oh my god, this is awful. Thanks, kid. As if the Catholic Church isn't suffering enough. I think a lot of us were like, yeah, get rid of this. Kid. Like, this is awful. We can't tolerate this. But then the now that additional information has come out, and some people have changed their mind about the situation. Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. Would you still fire? No, of course not. No, or whatever. No, no absolutely. Like, like honestly, and I know I, I said, said it was fire him because I don't understand schooling. No, it's fine. No, I know what you meant. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll be very, very blunt. Like, there's, like, there's, it's such a loaded. Like, I had such a great chat with our buddy uh, Greg Gwinski, who who we've had on the podcast uh, two times, I think, about all this, and just, just, just about like general like whiteness, and like why I don't regret. Speaking up about this is, do you know how many times Greg's been told in his life he speaks well? Yeah. Or people are astounded at how well he speaks. That has happened to him. I heard an interview with Childish Gam- Gambino where that's like happened. To he, he goes, that has happened to me my entire life over and over and over again. I, it's like happened to one of my buddies of mine out like here. Or or the people always compliment on him on his pants because he doesn't wear like baggy pants. He wears like skinny jeans because he's a hipster. Yeah. We don't get that. Right. Now, I don't speak well, but like but like Aaron does. Aaron's the most articulate person I have like ever met. She does not get people who give her the kind of compliments these guys get. And it's because they're black. Yeah. yeah they yeah. get oh, that because they're well. black. Yeah. And so and like I and it it bothers me because it's like you can't tell me all these people on Sunday to me they're just as bad they are just as guilty as everyone else because instead of um showing like mercy or any type of grace or like anything it was see I told you so and now I I have a very hard time believing that any of them are going I'm gonna wait until there's more evidence I think the majority of them were, were just like these are like white kids I kind of agree with like the whole I like voted for Donald Trump I'm not going to weigh in on this. I had like what bothers me the most about this is that I had people that I thought were my friend. Like they like I'm mean, like my real life actual people that I was actually like f- friends with. They actually liked people's like hostile tweets towards me. Just fucking strangers that I don't know. That they don't know, and they like their tweets towards towards me. Yeah, it was just like I was so I was I'm that that made me more upset than I was just like, what what kind of passive aggressive crap is yeah. this? 
You know, the, <laughs> like, the same thing happened to Joey when people attacked him. He, Joey. Joey on the Twitter thread, right? Oh, yeah. People came up to Joey and three of his friends, uh, one of whom is not Catholic, I think. I don't know. I wasn't there for it specifically, but they basically said, like, I, I, I this is told to me by a mutual friend with me and Joey, but they basically, like, told Joey that he's a piece of shit in other words mm-hmm. and uh just just for having the belief that you know the opposite of what everyone was saying and defending the kid and all that stuff and it's like no you can't defend him he's wrong he's a piece of shit and you're a piece of shit and those were his real life in real life IRL friends wow. his meat sack friends so this is what i'm talking about though like why are we like this like why is it so easy for someone, a stranger to attack you and your friend to hit like. Because they agree with the sentiment behind the comment. Like, were, were the was the person attacking you or were they just questioning your judgment? Or, I mean, was it like, you're an effing idiot? Or was it like, oh, yeah, well, did you, what about this? Um, It, it was more like. Um... Like, rank the civility one to five. <laughs> thumbs up or thumbs down was it civil disagreement or was it coming after you i feel like it was more coming after me okay mostly because and like it was like the, the tone of wasn't outright hostile but it was more of just i i guess like this is what bothered me was i was and i and i i i mean i guess by putting stuff out there you are saying i want to engage in this right Right. But I wasn't trying Especially when to it's miss- a trending topic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's like shame on me for like, you know, I mean, and I, like, again, like, I really wish I hadn't said the kid had gotten expelled, but I kind of don't because I was also trying to, like, it was just in the moment, like, well, if this happened, he should be expelled, but leave the kid alone. Like, that was, that was the bigger point of that tweet was that. Right. And um, I think it was more, it was, it was probably just more like, because um, I, I had said a thing about, the MAGA hats. And I was yeah. like, and I, listen, I think those kids probably just bought them the minute they got off the bus or being kids. Cause kids like to wear stupid things. There were a bunch of red hats. They're probably very cheap. And they went and like, they bought them, you know, that's what I think. I don't think they like brought those hats there. I could be wrong. That's just kind of my guess. And I've kind of, so, and it, and this guy just kind of said, like, you're like way off about this is blah, 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 blah. And, and it, it just kind of like it just bothered me because I was like, there's so much subtext with this. that people aren't like giving this credit. It just I don't know. It was weird. So it really wasn't that like hostile. It was just more like, OK, stranger. Sure. Whatever. And then just like more people just being like, whoa, Luke's an idiot. I don't know. And just like people saying, like, are you going to go off about this on the podcast? I'm just like, I. No, I don't want to. Like, I guess what like what bothers me is be as angry as, like be angry at Kathy like uh, at people who were saying like be angry at the people who responded with like extreme like vile hatred. Don't be mad at people who are like trying to seek justice. Like the majority of people who sent out tweets before we saw what like before we had a before we had like a bigger picture it came from a really good place i really do think so like there isn't anything that i tweeted i think that you could say was like outright hostile towards the kids 
don't get me wrong, but I, I, I just I, I didn't think it was it was again. I was trying to make like a bigger point about idols and like my issues with and like that was my like Rorschach kind of. This is the holy Rorschach test, you know. I guess I saw like idols, and I still think there's like like what kind of like stinks about it is in a weird way what we saw, what I thought I saw on Saturday does exist. It is yeah. a reality that is true for Ike Nadolo, that's true for Greg Iwinski, that's true for yeah. other friends who are, who are like African-American. That is their lived – we don't get pulled over for no random reason. We don't get followed into a store. We don't like – these things right. that like have happened to these guys, we've never experienced that. And all they saw was just a prime example of like what they experienced like on the regular – and so then to act like, again, the, what's, what sucks is like if these kids really aren't like kind of like innocent, it sucks that they're having to go through all this. But it's also just like, well, those hats carry weight. They mean something. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the issues is they mean something. They mean, in one sense, antithetical things, right? So in mm-hmm. one sense, the hat means I reject your um, I reject your PC culture. You know, I the I Kanye with, uh, West approach. Yeah, like right, it, and there is like the Joe Rogan approach. Like Joe Rogan does not. I mean, he is a there, okay. There are a lot of social liberals who are quote unquote conservatives because they hate the college student progressive line that's out there they're offended at the lgbt community especially the t community just taking over everything within a year and demanding everyone think differently speak differently and act differently when it comes to a binary sexuality right and they're just like whoa whoa why don't you calm down a second and let's talk these things like they're all for like like i listen to these guys and they're like i'm a social liberal like you want to bang a dude, you want to marry a dude and you're a dude. That's cool. You know? And they, they have no problem with any of that stuff at the same time. They are all Trump supporters. I mean, I'm not saying Joe Rogan is, but a lot of these people, because they see Joe Rogan, many of them see him as a, an actual liberal who is just adopting conservative stuff for the populism. But Mm -hmm. the, the whole thing of like, yeah, let's, let's F like how many years have, all of Americans been saying, let's just drain the swamp or whatever when it comes to D.C. politicians and all that jazz. And now Donald Trump's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the guy that does it, right? And people support him just because he's crazy. Like, I remember at the Women's March when Trump said, uh, I hope you ladies enjoy the wonderful weather we're going to have and all that stuff. Like, it's a great day for a protest or something funny. Joe Rogan thought it was the greatest thing <laughs> because he was just trolling these women who hate him. And there is this weird thing that's happening that those MAGA hats represent an FU to establishment or an FU to this, this politispeak culture that, that a lot of people feel is very Orwellian. Now you have that, but then you have the MAGA hats that represent nothing other than a swastika. And when you are a white kid, you don't know what people like Greg and Ike and all of our black friends who are honest enough and tell us this stuff and are a little bit more raw with their feelings 
because we have a pre-existing relationship, they'll tell you. Like, we know they're not lying. We know they're not making this up for attention. You know, like, <laughs> Icondolo married a white woman. He is not a hater of all white people, right? But at the same time, for him, for everyone to equate those red hats to nothing other than Nazism or racism is a bridge too far for a lot of people. Now, obviously, he emboldens white supremacist groups, but there is this whole thing that kind of goes back and forth with this. Like, some people see it as a sign of liberation. Some people see it as a middle finger. Other people see it as a literal swastika. And I don't think right now in America we are anywhere close to figuring out how how to deal with each other. I really don't. Like, I'm pro-life because I believe babies have the right to live. And, you know, there are people who would literally commit acts of violence against me. I would never do that to a woman considering abortion or a a boyfriend who's going to abort his own. But there are people who who actively advocate for violence against pro-lifers. Because it's the culture we live in now. We can't yeah. disagree anymore. In the 90s, we could disagree. Not anymore. Not after Clinton and not after George W. Bush and not after Obama. Yeah. Yeah. You know what does, like, I guess, like, I got so angry earlier when that guy said, like, who's this, like, psychopath? Because I'm like, I'm not a freaking psychopath. I'm someone who's really right. frustrated. I, yeah. I but that's what it feels like, though. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you, if, I mean, like, and I know what you mean, but it, like, it just, like, feels like someone that I don't know made, a, made like, a harsh, and I, like, and, like, yeah. at times I get annoyed and I like listen. Me and Joey patched it up. We're fine. Like we're totally good. I think. Um, like we had a really good. Uh, we had a really good uh, chat about it afterwards. Uh, I got called out by by our buddy John. I was like, "Yeah, John, you're right. I'm wrong. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're attractive. I'm not good looking." Um, it's true. I didn't interrupt. <laughs> uh, and it it uh, it just I guess what like bothers me the uh, where was I going with this? It's just that like. Um, I had a point and I lost it because I wanted to make a joke because I'm shallow. Oh, I, I just feel like, like, a lo- this is one of the things that bothered me about like Bishop Barron's post, and I know where he was coming from. I it just felt, and it, it could be my own projection, which is why I feel like a madman. I had to just kind of get away from all of it because I feel like I'm just in my head too much about this. Because I feel torn in so many ways. In one sense, I feel very like right wing, and I'm very much identify with Jordan Peterson right. stuff. And there are like other times when I'm like socialism, you know, and not not that far, but like right, right, I, right. I am starting to be like healthcare. I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of like a human right. Maybe that shouldn't have to. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't want to go down that road. I'm just something I'm trying to unpack in my own head and my heart and God and life. It just, it just, I'm tired. Like I, I, I truly hit my like, for some reason this thing and my interaction about it on Twitter with people like this one hurt really badly, and I truly was almost ready to like quit the podcast and what. Now this is me being extreme trying to like process stuff, but I was like I can't, I, I don't like. Am I wrong? Can I? Can I? Can't like? It's like one of the tweets we got made it, it. The person pretty much implied that I can't handle things because I get upset about them. And I and that I don't and I don't ever pay attention to any of the nuances of things. And I'm like, have you listened to any of our podcast? <laughs> like, it's all like, yeah, there are things where we get like upset, but it, just, it it gets so. I don't know if I have thick enough skin to do this. Some sometimes, right? And it could be like I don't know. And that's why I got off of Twitter. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't handle thirty people 
trying to confront me or criticize me in three minutes. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I cannot, like, I cannot handle that. Can, can anyone, am I wrong? No, if social media didn't exist, th- there is no scenario other than a playground fight in a Hollywood movie where 30 people surround someone today and try to bully or guilt them, right? Like, other than a protest rally, you know? There is very rare where that where so many people would so quickly pour out so much hatred, right? Yeah, and and I don't think I want to be clear. I don't think these people were really trying to intend to like criticize me or be harsh. I think they were just trying to like talk with me about it. But when you get and it's something, so in a sense, I almost don't want to like blame them, but I want to be like, this is like bad, right? (laughs) Like this is this shouldn't exist, right? So Gomer, yeah, Luke, what's going on, man? Parish has run well, right? This has run so well. Parish has run so well. Parishes um, are so good. Are they though? No, they could be more amazing. Hmm. And what do you think could make these parishes more amazing? Meetings, <laughs> <laughs> agendas with no real follow up. <laughs> More people who are angry, yelling at people from the <laughs> phones when they're at reception. Passive-aggressive baby boomers. You know what really matters at a parish, Luke? Programs. Hmm. Lots and lots of programs. No. Okay, so what me and Luke are talking about is the Amazing Parish. The Amazing Parish was originally launched by a whole team of rock stars who took no money. I don't know if you knew this. The first conference, I think it's still like this. They all these guys and women, men and women, got together and said, "We're not going to take a dime in order to put together this amazing parish conference because we believe in this so much." So they put on these conferences. It's to help oh, wow. people with leadership team and mentoring and developing a rock solid parish. So we have a bunch of priests who listen. So all of you priests, especially if you are the pastor of your parish and you haven't been to this like site yet, haven't really checked out the the amazing parish, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, they've got a bunch of resources online. You basically go through everything online. But what's really great, what's really cool is attending one of their conferences. I've been to one in Atlanta. It, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, they're having one in the Cincinnati area. Sorry, actually, it's downtown. I don't know why I'm saying the like the like area from uh, from um, May 13th through the 15th. I really encourage you to discern going to that go and like bring your team bring people who you uh trust who like you trust most and what's really cool about this is this is a thing that like so many people like there's such a great experience of prayer and of encounter and their stuff is fantastic they've got all these great resources online do yourself a favor check this out this is really cool uh the and their site is amazingparish.org Again, that is amazingparish.org. Anything you want to add, Gormley? Nope. So thank you to the Amazing Parish for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. I don't know, man. I My big thing is like this is also coming on the heels of all this Franciscan stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and you feel like what happens when the right wing does this to your alma mater and all that. And I read the con- – I never should have done it. I read um, – What's his name? Steven, the professor that assigned the reading. I oh, read yeah. his his uh, article yeah. defending it. Stephen Lewis. First, yeah. 
I read his article defending his choice on first things. And it was a very good defense. And he's like, you know, in, in hindsight, I shouldn't have assigned that book. And I'm not saying because I got blamed, but like it was a bridge too far. But here's the reasons why. And I've assigned that book before. And people say it only strengthens their actual real faith. And because it, he was contrasting, you know, more or less, he was contrasting French writers as they speak about Catholicism. Six of them Catholic, six of them, six of them non-Catholic or formerly Catholic. And so his whole point was these people have tasted and walked away from the church as adults. And so I read, I start reading the comments and it's like the most ignorant shit you'd ever read in your life on first things, which has a generally an IQ of a, a lot higher when it comes to the interwebs, right? Like these are people who are reading a theological idea, term, right? So yeah. Yeah. I mean, the writing is not easy. The links are not, um, you know, it's not easy clickbait where every sentence mm -hmm. is a new paragraph. You I'm know, not being told like, to like this is stuff that's meant to kind of challenge you. What's that? I said I I am not being told to like eat these weird berries while I'm on first things. <laughs> it's a new superfood that no one will tell you about but us. Um, right next to pictures of Kim Kardashian's bud. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> I, berries bud 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 old face weird skin coming off <laughs> and then weird animals coming out of pores why is this on the new york times webpage oh tablula or whatever that's called um but the the whole idea is you should not you should read challenging things like i read the god delusion and it challenged me it challenged my faith in a deep way and I read it, and I was like, okay, now I see where this guy is coming from. I read Christopher Hitchens' damn critique of Mother Teresa, right? You read these things because you miss things. There's a guy who's super right-wing at my church, and he sends me all the things, right, all the emails. Um, and I asked him one time, I said, why do you read this? He always sends me stuff from Father Richard Rohr. And I said, why do you read this <laughs> terrible stuff? Like, Richard, Father Richard Rohr is terrible. In so many ways. He's got like one good thing and 99 terrible things. Like I was just reading this piece where he's mocking the Nicene Creed for not having warmth and heart and all this bullshit. It's like, that's not the point of the creed. No one's arguing over whether or not Jesus is to love our neighbor. No one's arguing over whether or not Jesus is to love our enemies. They're arguing over whether or not Jesus is God. That's why it skips from the incarnation and goes right to the crucifixion. Okay, that's the reason why. Now, I take a deep breath. And so I write back to him and I say, why are you reading this hippie crap? I don't understand why you keep sending me this. And he says, I read it because 99 times it's awful, but it's outside my echo chamber. And to, to be honest, mm. I didn't expect that answer. And I have so much respect for him for saying that. And there's actually about uh, seven or eight guys that I know at my church who are old white men, right? And they go and they subscribe to a if they're Catholic, a wide range of stuff, even though the only emails I get are from LifeSite News and Church Militant and stuff like that, they have this wide range of stuff because they know they can live very easily in an echo chamber and they want to be challenged. So for instance, to me, one of the most beautiful things Donald Trump ever did was, and I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, <laughs> listened to Kim Kardashian. And, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Help to push, <laughs> just got your text, help to push uh, the whole prison reform. 
did the, the prison your reform... wife tell you to watch that watch that episode as well? Of what episode? Of keeping up with the Kardashians when that oh, happened. No, my wife does not watch that. <laughs> it was so funny. I asked my wife. I go, Shannon, real quick. Aaron has an opinion. What's your opinion? Kim Kardashian or not Kim Kardashian? Uh, Nicki Minaj versus Cardi B. And my wife goes, I cannot care about that. <laughs> I have no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> I don't care about that at all. I don't even know what I'm. What they're versing. What did they do? <laughs> And I was like, I was ready to watch NASCAR. They put these, like lug nuts on a car in two point five seconds. Didn't think so. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about pit crews? I'll talk about some bitch pit crews. <laughs> Get me a Budweiser, bitch! Batches backhands you right in the face. <laughs> oh, Luke, how what? do you know us so well? <laughs> you were mad at me. I was like, what? I was like, really? That's that's where I cross the line. <laughs> yes, domestic violence is where you cross the line, Luke. <laughs> Making jokes out of it. But what I, hurting yeah. you? It's but it is fine. true. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back to what you said earlier. Bringing in Greg and and Ike and stuff. We uh, so one of my other novels, known as my tweets, talked about a quote from W. E. B. Du Bois in his book uh, "The Soul of Black Folks," where he talks about this notion called double consciousness, and double consciousness. Is And I literally gave a presentation on this. This was one part of a bigger presentation where you live in a culture or you live in, excuse me, you live in two cultures. You live in your normal culture and then you live in the prevailing dominant culture. And he talks about how that prevailing dominant culture discriminates, excludes, and views you as inferior. So it's not just there's many cultures and, oh, you're the nerds, you're the jocks, oh, well. It's this, you are less of a person. So he talks about this notion of double consciousness and how you basically have to adapt one mindset in one world and another mindset in another world. And I said today, as Dave Chappelle would take up this theme, he would call it, when talking about language, and this is true, this is going to sound like I'm being flippant, but I'm not. I'm actually being deadly serious. I think it was Dave Chappelle talked about this as speaking street versus speaking job interview. And he's like, every black man knows how to speak street and knows how to speak job interview, right? And so he talks about this whole thing. But that really is a thing. Like, street and job interview is the funny version of it. But this way of inhabiting two cultures, the modes of expression, the language that we use, the customs that we use. Mm -hmm. And for someone to say, you're so well-spoken means very, very clearly you speak job interview very, very well. You know, like you inhabit our culture very, very well. Yeah. And there is so much, there are so many undertones with that. But here's the interesting thing. I started re-listening to some propaganda and it was the one where he's talking about, um, I don't know if it's the gentrify episode or the song, but he's talking about it and he's talking about living in LA and how these streets beat in our chest. And he's like, if you want to come here, we'll welcome you. Please be our guest, but please note that these streets beat in our chest. And he says like all this stuff, he's essentially saying, this is our territory. You don't belong here. You can come here and we'll treat you like a human being, but you don't belong here and you can't make this place yours. It's ours. Okay. Now, once you do that, if you live within that, that territory, that's the prevailing culture. It might be in another culture of america where the prevailing culture is white anglo-saxon protestant but the the thing is even within that enclave you create a prevailing culture and an alienated culture or minorities and i was telling people i met a chinese woman in shanghai 
who lived for 17 years in the United States and never once spoke English. Never had to. Because her subculture outside of uh, San Francisco was so Han Mandarin Chinese that she literally never needed to speak English. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. she only learned to speak English when she moved back to the motherland, when she went back to China and moved to Shanghai and went to college. And after college, she couldn't get a job in Shanghai because she didn't speak English. English. Yeah. Because it's required in so many of those jobs. So she's in yeah. America, never needs to speak English because there's so many Han Chinese in this one part of town. And the reason why she moved there is her aunts and uncles were there. And she lived with her aunts and uncles, raised in America. I don't I think I, I, she wasn't uh, born here, but I think she's a U.S. citizen, all that stuff. And yet never had to speak English until she went to Shanghai. And then she's the one that first told me that the basic notion that if you live in big cities, you have more in common with people in other countries who live in big cities than you do with people who live in the rural communities in your own country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that, to me, that's fascinating. There's this group of missionaries from some suburban church that went to China and they went to Beijing and they left. They're supposed to be there for two years and they left after like three months. And they said, "You, we know Mandarin. We know all this stuff. You equipped us to live in China, but not to live in a city. We don't know how to live in a city. Yeah. It um so Aaron and I started to watch the show Punisher go on Atlanta no we started to watch Charles Gambino's Atlanta yeah. uh well sorry Donald Glover's Atlanta uh like two two or th- uh when we got the first like huge like wave of snow here we started to watch it and it's it's really really good and it's be- it's incredibly powerful but. I had a really hard time with it at first. I was like, is this, is this just because it's kind of like heavy and there are times if I'm not in, yeah. in the right mood, I just can't ha- handle heavy stuff. And I was like, no, I think it just said, I don't really get any of this culture. Like I don't get any of this. Like I don't go to clubs. I don't, um, it's definitely, I don't know if this is the right term anymore. So I apologize if it's not, but it feels like a lot of like the catchphrases and stuff seem kind of like Ebonics esque, if you will, or just things that like, I don't know what they mean by that. So Ebonics. I don't know if that's a thing or not. So I'm trying. No, please. African American vernacular English. There you go. So I just <laughs> don't. Well, no, but I don't get like yeah. the terms or things. Like, I'm just. I, I so I, I don't like. I don't know this reference. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember and, when Dave Chappelle talked about listening to people yell "skeet, skeet, little John"? Yeah, and yes. he's like, "That's because white people don't know what that means yet. They haven't censored it." And I was like. I've never heard of ski before. What is that? Oh, it's dirty sex stuff. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As it always is. And so, um, and, and it was just, uh, and, I, and I guess like, honestly, probably having like watched that show this past weekend, some interviews with Childish Gambino and my talk with Greg was why I decided to talk about it when it all yeah. first went down. Because I was just like, I've been like, I, I, I've kind of like, and I, and I, I, I don't know. It just I felt, I felt like I'd like seen a bit of the other side, even like more so than I had over the past few years. And because I, I definitely feel like in the yeah. past like five years, I've gotten way more. I mean, I'm like I'm a moderate, but I was definitely like right, and I've just kind of gone left, but I haven't gone like left left. I'm just a moderate now. I would say. Well, the the interesting thing is when you study these cultures, and the reason why this is in my head is I just had to do two presentations on it for our intercultural competencies program thing that we're doing at our church. And one of the big things you realize is how long have you been living in Cincinnati or a city that may not be named? 
Uh, I've been here for five years, but sorry, I've been here for for almost four years, but I grew up in Southwest Ohio for 18. So right, right, right. Kind of depends. So it's, it's not about Ohio. It's about the city, Cincinnati, even though it's a small city. Yeah. You, you, you talk about this shifting to the left as you went from, you know, Denver to more or less to Cincinnati. You've Mm -hmm. gone from big city to, I mean, you're, you're in a big city. And as a big mm-hmm. city, you encounter this stuff more often. You're more accustomed. This is one of the things they talk about. You're more accustomed. You have a higher tolerance for ambiguity. Like, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, we're more accustomed. We're more comfortable with that. And I'm not talking about moral relativism. I'm talking about ambiguity. Things not always having a perfect explanation, blah, blah, blah. And so it's funny that the more you live in a big city and bump up against all these other sub-subcultures, the more you stop thinking strictly in turn, strictly in rigid terms, mm-hmm. and so a lot, and I don't mean rigid in terms of like, oh, white people, uh, you know, are wrong and blah blah blah. All I mean is, you are now being much more open to all that stuff, whereas previously you didn't have to be. You didn't mm. have to. Be. Yeah. Um. You know what I think? I really started to make the the change, and I. I do remember this because we did a podcast about this. This was when I saw the video of a of an African American man being killed by a white cop out in the, the hands UC up, don't area. Shoot no, no, this was a guy who was. It was just he was basically. Oh, the like, college one. Yeah, it was really bad. Like it was. Yeah. I mean, and I saw the whole thing. It was just like basically the guy kind of like, <laughs> like how you to, said that. I, I saw know. the whole thing. I don't need your emails. Like the the guy seemed a little bit out of it or just scared, and he like slowly kind of like the car, like the car like moves, and the guy just shoots him, and it it, it it just was like, and I mean even the pros even like the mayor was like furious, and like they and like the head um, prosecutor was like, we're going after this cop. This is this the, like he said, this is murder. Like this is not okay. This is murder, and it was like oh you know, so it was not. A disputed thing okay so and seeing that i was just like oh my gosh like it, it, it just it was just like and i just kind of remember being like i could see this neighborhood out of our back deck i mean not the, not the actual neighborhood but i could see like where it's right. at because we had a view of the whole city and just being like this is i don't know and i just like wish i just wish and, and again like this is on me as well but i wish like it just bothered me sorry i'm now i'm kind of taking a hard right turn again that like people were like demanding an apology and i'm just like what what do you, why do you get to demand that out of me like why yeah and it was just i mean i don't think i really said anything that insane or that i like if anything especially my earlier stuff was like trying to get people away from like going after the kid you know, and it was just, it was really weird. It just, and like, that's one of the things that I kind of had issue. And this could be just me projecting. And I like Bishop Barron. This isn't anything me, me and Brendan Vaught are good. We just actually like had a chat on the Facebook like a week ago. It's fine. <laughs> but in his article, he said like, as the, as the Bishop of the internet, as I'm called, and he kind of said like, I don't um, like being called that, but I'm going to like step in. If you're not going to say a nice thing, just shut up. And I liked what he was going for, but part of it, and this is probably, and again, this is more probably me projecting, but I thought like, is he talking to me? Because I didn't think what I said in the moment was all that bad. When you're about to make a comment, ask yourself a very simple question. Am I doing this out of love, out of a sincere wish for the good of the person or persons I'm addressing? 
If not, shut up. So, and I felt like a lot of people took that idea like the very next day and were like, see, 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 you're wrong. You like you decided to tweet or you decided to like side with the people on the left. You're the bad guy in this. Yeah. And so just, I think Bishop Barron's critique of you or no, excuse me, Bishop Barron's critique of the thing actually applies to you. Right. So they are looking for, he always brings up Rene Girard and the idea of the scapegoat. You're looking for a scapegoat. And so all of the internet immediately turned in a, in a high tension society. We look for scapegoats to blame. We put our blame on it. We even become addicted to doing it. And once we cast it on someone, we kill them, destroy them, ruin their reputation, whatever it might be. And thus the community is restored at least momentarily. But it's funny. It's like, that's what they did to you then, right? They turned you into the scapegoat that they had to sacrifice in order to restore balance to the world, right? Their world or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it is funny because I think Bishop Barron's critique still stands in terms of what is going on, even though you would disagree with, you know, a lot of aspects of it. It's like the Rene Girardian, I can't remember what they call it, the, ah, shit, there's some name for it. But that whole idea of, like, the scapegoating mentality. Why do we have to immediately scapegoat? It's because there's a tension that needs to be resolved and that we're going to, we've reached a fever pitch and someone has to die, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a thing that I think um, I had a good chat with Matt Frad really quick, like to uh, last Friday. And uh, we we started to talk about that stuff a bit. And I was like, we should stop. We should talk about this when we're out there in Atlanta. So I hope I didn't make people mad with this episode because I I almost did. I think you clarified things. You think so? I just want to explain why. Like, this was such, I mean, honestly, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. Like, not even just, like, all that stuff, but just, like, seeing what other people were saying and, like, just people saying that these boys were heroes to people saying – I'm not saying that's a horror. I'm, I'm just saying from that, and everyone should be, like, everyone who says anything bad should be ashamed to people calling for their deaths or seeing people – I didn't really see that, but people calling for them to be, you know, like, just the out and out, like, lies. Like, and um, I would like to add, there's a guy that – um, I know whose kids went to Covington Catholic who actually like, who like actually like supervised the March when they all went. And he's like, I know exactly where, where they were. I'm like why they were there. They were doing the same thing that we always do. And he was just like, he's like, this is terrible. There's such, and he was just like, these kids, this is not like, he's like, it's such a good school. And I, I was really, I could just, I could tell how much it hurt him. And that kind of like um, made it hit home as well. And so I, it's such a, it's tough, man. It's tough. It is. So yeah, send your send your angry uh, stuff to pat at thecrunch dot com. <laughs> huzzah! Huzzah! <sighs> Can't wait to lose listeners about on this one. Listen, if you're going to turn us off because you disagree with us on this, don't. Instead, go to patreon dot com slash cf. <laughs> I don't even know if we said anything. I think we were more just like trying to process this. Yeah, and that's what we do. Yeah, I, I do. I we. I man, I'm worried this is going to get violent. Not like this issue, but like I, I'm worried that it's going. I mean, it already has. For I mean, there are people who say like you know, like African Americans have been dealing with like violence for a while. I'm worried, that, and they're not wrong. I'm worried that this is going to escalate, and that I'm worried for the lack of justice. I'm worried for the lack of charity and just goodwill and 
<sighs> Dark stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried that all we're doing is overreacting all the time. This is what social media does to us. It is. Yeah, I think it's time. I, I think I'm done with. I mean, I don't want to be done with Twitter, but I even talked to um, one of my friends here. I was like, "Hey, do you want to take uh, talk to Sarah Rogers?" And I was like, "Hey, hey, Raj, uh, you just split up with your like fiance. Uh, do you want to take over the Catching Foxes account? <laughs> You've got the time." And she's gonna be so mad about that. I crossed the line. Anyways. Because I was like, I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> I can't. I just, I'm like, I know we have to be on there. We, we have to have a presence, but we don't. But those sweet, sweet downloads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mammon is an unforgiving god. Well, uh, it's true, and there's an idolatry there, Luke. Um, but I, I just don't see the need why someone has to comment. I don't understand why you weighed into it. Your opinion why? doesn't. I your did? opinion doesn't matter. I know my opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't I, I, matter. It's just people screaming at each other. No one's yeah. listening. I, I think the weird part is like, and you know, I don't know. Like when I look back on like my first tweet, when I had like a little bit of like a thread here, I think it probably to some people it probably was me screaming, and and I don't know. I, I don't. I guess that's just not the place for. I just. It's just. Twitter's fun for sports and it can at least like lighthearted connections, but like, like why, like one of the reasons why I didn't want to even apologize, especially cause like what I regret, what I really do regret is the expulsion tweet. Cause it, it, it just, there wasn't enough context on like my end for where that thought was coming from. You know, again, this is before any of the other stuff happened. It was just like, Hey, this kid should probably be expelled, but don't, you know, don't go after him. Um, I didn't want to apologize for that. This is probably wrong of me because I didn't want to deal with people's comments about it. Why don't you just go under that tweet, add a tweet and say, you know, like, I'm glad more information's come out. You know, if I were this kid's principal, you know, obviously I wouldn't expel a kid or whatever, like clarify. Like, no, and, and I like almost did. But I and then I was just like, but then like I like I go back to this response that we got on the Patreon page. I don't want to get ten of those. It just puts me in a crappy heads heads headspace. Yeah. yeah, you know. So like, if I mean, like, and listen, this 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 could be my pride, and I'm willing to admit this. Like, I've been praying. Like, this could just be me. Um, but I genuinely don't want to. Um, just take a beating for it and i don't know i i might deserve that i don't think it was that extreme but like i don't know what do you think uh i think you need to figure that shit out for yourself and not let other people (laughs) you mean like just like like be able to do it so i can like i can say my piece yeah yeah i mean Here's the deal. Speak peace into the situation. People are attacking. It's like, okay, now we know more information. Great. This is wonderful. I watched an eyewitness video and it portrayed everything this way. Now we know more information. No, I wouldn't expel the kid. But also there, you know, there's a lot going on here more than just, you know, whatever. Speak truth to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, 
<sighs> I really was. I was like, at one point in time, I was like, is Gomer going to not want to do this? Like, like I, I was getting to the point where I was like, is like, I was scared that I was like hurting the podcast, like hurting you. Uh, Luke, you need to realize and interacting. that as, as long as you're not doing it from the Catching Foxes account, <laughs> thus representing both of our opinions, it only makes the show more interesting, Luke. <laughs> That's what Joey said when I apologized to him. He was like, I loved it. And I was like, no, you can't say that. He said, I, I can't quit him. him. <laughs> That's what he said what to me. You, I I'm can't gonna- quit Luke. I'm going to pull up what he said. As soon as he said, I was like, he's going to send this to, to Gomer. I have to explain this. And um, like, you know, when I really started to like change my mind about at least the main kid. And again, this, I'm not trying to pull away from like the whole like MAGA stuff in general, but just like, like the kid is the kid is like a person yeah. was when like Aaron just goes like, what if he's autistic? It just doesn't know like what to do. And I just stopped. I was like, holy crap. I never thought of that. Like, what if this is just a kid who just oh, doesn't really? like, huh. who, yeah, I mean, I don't think he is, but like, what if he's just a kid who genuinely doesn't know what to do with this and he's just kind of there and he's like, I don't like, you know, that's, yeah, he's just the reality for there, one of every hundred kids. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm just here, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> you know, or he's, you know, I don't know them. There are, there are kids who like, there were kids that I used to, you know, like, have, and I'm not saying this is what like autism is, but just kids are like yeah. high school that that i used to kind of have to be like, okay maybe let's stand like three feet away okay now let's talk <laughs> you know because they just don't for whatever reason there's some like weird gap between their mind and personal space <sighs> lord have mercy on us all we are broken people and mccarrick is our song McCarrick. <laughs> McCarrick. well i'm gonna go lead a parish retreat hopefully right, it's not the same parish retreat that that <laughs> I hope person so. on iTunes gave a one star. <laughs> you know what bothers me? Yes, I've when they attribute all hour about it. <laughs> <laughs> what bothers you, Luke? You when people attribute my f bombs to you, <laughs> like when they're like, "You're gonna come and lead a retreat," I expected more, and I'm like, "No, he's not. That was me." <laughs> yeah. Even people forget you were there when you are the one that dropped the f. <laughs> Uh, i was right there this isn't a false memory gomer (laughs) all right man where can people find you uh not on twitter because you're taking a sabbatical nowhere see you guys (laughs) (laughs) you can find luke on catchingfoxes.fm you can find me at lay evangelist typing pages and pages of words 240 characters at a time or however i don't even know how many how many characters are you allowed to have on new twitter 240 they added 100 i believe Oh, okay. So, well, oh, also really quick, I make a guest appearance, I believe, on the newest episode of Pint with Aquinas. So check, you sure check that did. out. I listened Seek. to it. It was great. Did I sound good? I was so nervous. I was. That was one of my happiest moments because I was like, "This is amazing." Uh, no, it was one of your happiest moments because you were like, "Thank God, Gomer isn't here." <laughs> no, no. If anything, I, it, it just felt like really good podcasters all there just doing their thing together and it was just kind of and there's there was a great energy there of just like holy crap this is kind of like an all-star podcast right now yep. this is all-star a podcast everyone who's anyone was there <laughs> all-star <laughs> podcast where was gomer well he's not an all-star <laughs> no i'm just kidding I, I wanted you to be there 
Um, I was actually really we don't nervous. Even talking anymore. We're gonna. Oh, man, I'm, okay. You, you, you have, you have, have to go to bed. Uh, I gotta write the retreat tomorrow that I'm giving. <laughs> Why are you doing this to yourself? Because Luke, it's the only way. I had alpha until eight o'clock tonight. <laughs> I'm a broken, um, broken man. All right. Uh, okay, we're gonna end here. Um, and honestly, like everyone, if you think that like I'm mad at you, I'm not. I promise. I'm just trying to vent all of this. So I love you all. Even I mean, even, I mean, I don't know any of you that really this is about. But um, so, but still, you're all great. Yeah. All right. Uh, I need to talk to you really, really quick. So let's all right. Talk. Bye, well, everyone. Bye, everyone. I love you. Kiss, 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 kiss. Cow, cow. Right, we up, should. Please? That should be our ending. <laughs> no, it should not. Oh, but it was my. It's a joke from my dad, who's dead. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs>